I need to thank my friend Mr. Ben Lewis at Roman Home. Mr. Ben has designed a really awesome tent. It's a cross between a wall tent and a range teepee. It's built to take tough weather, high winds. Craftsmanship is amazing. And it's made right here in the USA. Right here in Utah, USA. And uh, right now, Ben has a special going on. You can save 500 bucks. And uh, go to romanhome.com. Roman spelled R-O-A-M-I-N. Romanhome.com. And uh, tell Ben hello. Tell him Ty sent you. Hey friends, welcome to the Everyday Mulemanship Podcast. I'm Ty Evans. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in today. Um, hope you're having a, an amazing day wherever you are in this awesome world. Hopefully you're getting out there playing with the mules and horses and donkeys and having a good time. Uh, so this podcast is kind of fun. Um, we just got back from a week-long trip into the Bob Marshall Wilderness Complex up in Montana. Uh, just an amazing place really really great uh did some fishing did a lot of riding i took my my uh, four-year-old colt dally up there um did really good made some good progress and uh anyways uh on the the last evening of our of our trip up there we all sat around the fire and had a little chat um and the conversations kind of bounce around it's just fireside chat and conversation uh, please excuse the poor sound quality. You know, we were recording in the great outdoors and there's all kinds of background noise and whatever. But uh, hope you enjoy our little chat in the Bob Marshall Wilderness. Hey, I want to thank our amazing sponsors at Mules and More magazine. Mules and More has been around a long time. It's a great magazine, and uh, shoot, I've been reading this magazine since I was just a little kid. I remember my dad subscribed to this when I was little, and I'd read it every month and loved it. And now uh, our good friend Corey Daniels has taken over as editor of this magazine the last few years, and she has done an amazing job. Um, also, did you know that Mealsmore comes in a digital format? You can download it on your phone, read it wherever you're at. So... Hey, be sure to check them out, mulesmore.com. And, uh, you know, hey, tell them Ty sent you. I'd be very grateful. Mulesmore.com. Took us, we got stuck about 11 o'clock in the morning. And it took us until 5 that afternoon to get four rigs about 50 yards each. And is that a, uh, a repeating tendency when you go out with Ty? <laughs> when, well, it's how, the only when, time we've ever been stuck but I mean when we did get stuck it was because of a bad decision and we were seriously in a bad tell situation. me more about these bad decisions <laughs> <laughs> well we, we knew we had to navigate about 10 miles of, of clay road that when it gets wet is just bad you're not going anywhere on it down in southern Utah, and we've, we've been there all week. It's the day we're going to go out, and, and and you look at the sky. This is in March, so the weather's, you know, it could have anything from snow to whatever. And, but you could tell a storm was coming in, and the storm was predicted, too. So most there was a fair-sized group there. Most of the guys got up, looked at the sky, and got out. And... Ty and Larry were saying, no, we can go for one more little ride. <laughs> and we we did. We went for a short little ride. Yeah, we're going to be okay. Good, right? Shut up, <laughs> dooms, doomsayer. So I'm, I'm like, oh gosh, this is just but not going to end well. You know, you were talking about bad decisions and stuff. My experience has been where bad decisions start is with dehydration um, because the more you get dehydrated and stuff the more apt you are to make bad decisions and uh, I mean 
At least you know, hasn't actually been drinking. I was just saying, it happens when you're no, super I'll be hydrated. Orange too. juice. <laughs> we, we, were, yeah. we were full of orange juice. Yeah. yeah. And, co- well, me, Coca-Cola, so. But, uh, you know, that's what happens a lot out here. Yeah. You know. Seriously, um, yeah. People are not, not drinking enough water. And it starts to affect them. Yeah. And, and to be honest, we all start out, you know, dehydrated. When we get up, and if you don't keep up throughout the day and stuff, and and I'm sure you've seen it at times where <clears throat> you've gone out to do something, and just everything you try and do just goes wrong. You can't get it to work right, or you know doesn't fit together right, whatever, and stuff. And then you know you take a little break and sit down with some water. And drink it and stuff, and then all of a sudden you go back and it starts well, falling. I think, I think this was during my phase of drinking water, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I've got, I've got a poem about hydration, <laughs> but we'll save it till later. <laughs> now, see, Hunter, that's why I was on you all day long about drinking water. About drinking water. Well, I, you said bad decisions come from drinking water. I heard that, you know, good decisions. Good decisions come from experience, and most of that comes from uh, bad decisions. decisions. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you guys, let me introduce you. So, uh, uh, welcome to the Everyday Mealmanship Podcast, you guys. Um, We're coming to you from the Bob Marshall Wilderness. No, we're not. What is this? (laughs) This is the the forest. The the, The, the Bob is like... 200 meters behind you. That's right. Okay. Well, we're on we're on the edge of it. We've been in it all day, all week. But uh, we're hanging out here, eating some dinner. Uh, to my right, we got the incredible Joe G. Uh, he's been on the podcast. Uh, I'm sure you guys have listened to his episode. Uh, to the right of Joe is uh, the intern. Uh, that's about all. I'm just yeah. <laughs> uh, what's your name again? Uh, yeah, what's your name again? Uh, Hunter Hollenbeck from South Dakota. He's from Dem Hills in South yeah. Dakota. Yeah. Um, and then across the table from him is Robert the Trailmeister Eversol. Yeehaw. And uh, Robert has been on the podcast too. I'm sure you guys listened to his episode. Uh, that was uh, last year, I think. And then uh, we got the legend, John Hayes. The... Uh, the master fire starter and, uh, so we're, ha- we're we've been having fun huh yep. yeah yeah everybody's been making fire except me except for ty well i just want to keep my skills you know to myself <laughs> not, not have john judge me <laughs> but we've been here for four days uh you guys got here a day earlier so we had to make five. sure that everything was just right mm-hmm. for the ty evans yeah but uh Got some good riding, some good fishing in. Um, but the question we've all been waiting to ask you, John, is, okay, you've, you've watched three these three men here start fires every day. Right. You know, each of them has started fire. So who, who did it the best? Oh, hands down with Joe. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know. This Joe, is an accomplishment for Joe. Joe, <laughs> Joe was prepared. He set it up, got his steps <laughs> right, and stuff. He was he was on the ball. Joe takes fire starting very serious. So at, at our camps, uh, Joe's always in charge of fire. He I'm starts the fire. You know, he always gives me dirty looks when I add wood to the fire. Well, you put it in the wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> you build a fire, you get to maintain it. Get away. That's right. Whoever starts it, yeah, takes care of it. Who is the worst? No. <laughs> there's, there's only one answer for that. The intern. The intern. <laughs> I'll take hey, it. Intern, no. though, what do you think about the whole Flint and Steel thing? Because uh, that's pretty cool, huh? Yeah, no, I you thought You ever done that? Cool. No, you I have You ever seen it done? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Yeah. No, it, it, it's pretty cool, you know. But lighter in your back pocket kind of works the same way. <laughs> You know, but there's no style. Yeah, he, yeah. he had it down. I mean, he had all the steps in there. <laughs> they were just kind of <laughs> in the wrong order. Tender kindling fuel. 
<laughs> and I think he started out with fuel, 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 <laughs> fuel, <more> fuel. <laughs> and then a little dab of tinder on top. <laughs> and then he said, where's the starter fluid? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, lighter fluid. That's how you have. <laughs> so, so uh, this is a... Uh, for for me and Joe and Hunter, this is our first time into this wilderness area. Uh, for the two of you, John and Robert, you guys have been here, done that. And so uh, it was just a privilege. Robert invited us out here. Uh, actually, we've been trying to get here for a few years. I mean, this has been like four years, five years in the making. It hasn't really been real uh, high on Ty's to-do list. It, it <laughs> has been, but things happen. So we're... We just really appreciate you inviting us out, Robert. It was a joy. It, it, it was nice. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was nice to, to see the Ty Evans outside the arena. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, and it's been nice it, to have it, a vacation. It was good. It's, it, been, it's been great, you know. Uh, I was telling you guys earlier that, uh, you know, most of most of my life is, is very structured, very planned. You know, this is where i got to be at this time, this day. And uh, shoot. We've solved all kinds of world problems here. We've uh, sat around the fire all, every morning and every evening and rode and fished and hung out. And, we learned um, cowboy fashion. Get, right. Joe taught us all about uh, proper cowboy fashion and etiquette. Right. Um, <clears throat> Hunter showed us the example of what not to do. Yeah, time and time again. He let his cowboy hat get eaten by a dog. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. But telling Robert this afternoon, I said, you know, this was really a bad idea. And kind of like, why is that? And I said, well, it's a double-edged sword here. <clears throat> I said, you know, after riding with Ty and everything, I said, you know, we may not get invited back to another clinic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he might say, you know, your mules can go. That'd be fine. But you guys... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so. It's been good. With, it's been good with the meal. We've had a really good week with the meals, though, haven't we? Mm -hmm. No, uh, no drama. No. Uh, I no. guess we spooked Joe a couple of times. Joe was he was concerned about me today on the bridge. We were just talking about that's very that. touching. Joe was always taking care of me. Like I told you, he's the he's 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 the mother hen <laughs> of the group and making sure we keep, we told the line. Can I say a little bit about the mules on this trip? Yeah. Well, from my sphere of uh, observation, um, there, there were some things that happened that I didn't expect to happen. I've been on a fair number of pack trips and done a, a lot of trail riding in forested areas. And anybody knows that a mule can spook at or a horse at, at uh, a bunch of different things. But for some reason, I, given the kind of trails we were on and so forth, I didn't really see it coming. And my observation is that any mule <clears throat> that was put out in front was gonna spook sooner or later. And none of them were immune to it. The mule I typically ride these days is named Gretchen and she's about as steady uh, a mule as I've seen over the years and uh, even Gretchen and, and what I'm talking about is that that moment where they see something and all of a sudden they they come to a screeching stop and if you're lucky that's as far as it goes if you're unlucky they wheel around and are racing backwards down the trail you know that's kind of how that thing can can develop and and uh, like Robert Drog. Thank you so much for, for sharing that with the world. <laughs> Robert Drog and the giant white bear. White bear, aka the small but healer. Along the <laughs> same lines of what you were talking about there and stuff. And a couple times my mule did you know spin around and and everything, but with Ty's clinics behind me. Mm -hmm. and everything it was short i mean you know five six feet something like that it was all over so did you have a conscious protocol on how you were going to deal with it i mean i'm sure it's become reflexive at this point but but what is it that that uh, prevented it from getting worse that you learned and did um it was being able to uh um 
bend him around. Flex his neck around, bend him around, and uh, that stopped it. And, uh, everything and, and everything just, you know, settled down, lined out, and okay, back down the trail. And I think one of the, the things mm -hmm. that this has brought to the front of my mind is that there's probably not a no mule that's really immune to this kind of reaction. We, we saw it in every single mule and uh, uh, you just have to learn how to deal with it. I, I, I noticed uh, when Ty's Mule Dally <coughs> did it at a kind of a weird looking stump, uh, he, he instantly got her under control. Uh, didn't try and take her away from the situation, but made sure that she she stood still, things were calm, he let her look at it, evaluate it, mm -hmm. uh, kind of come to a peaceful place in her own mind, I would describe it as, right. where, where she's kind of in her mind saying, okay, I guess maybe I overreacted a little bit there. And we went on. And, and I tried that approach with my mule down the road ways, and it seemed to, to work pretty well too. Rather than me being quick to move to a different location, let's get out of here, something's bothering you, sort of thing. No, stop, just look at it, defuse things, and then kind of move on. Right. Now, but see, that worked well for you. What worked really well for Ruger and I we ran as fast as we could away from that giant mule-eating rock. We got away from that as quickly as possible. And took some of the rest of us with you. Yes. As a of fact. But, you know, so much of that, you know, like I say, the success of getting it stopped and stuff, all that, you know, came from the clinic. It wasn't, you know, me from, you know, years and years of experience and stuff right. is everything that I've learned at the clinics over the years and yeah. stuff. You know, Joe, you mentioned that little, that stump that Dally was worried about, you know, Dally, for those of you listening, Dally is, is a young four-year-old mule and uh, we actually have a little series that, that I did when I started her called the Dally Diaries that are on our video library, but so a lot of people might recognize this mule, mm -hmm. but anyways, um, you know, you guys have all heard me talk about this in the clinics of this, uh, you know, we call it self-regulating. Basically, letting the mule have a chance to mentally uh, disengage the the stress from the situation. So, mm -hmm. basically, de-escalate this mentally. So, first thing you do, though, is you do have to get the physical part under control, okay? Yet, we, we can't run away. So Dally, that situation, she, she kind of startled. Whoa, what was that? <clears throat> she was ready to tip to the right. And this is a big piece of Lynn and Mule Spooks that you need to know. W which way are they prone physically to tip to? And you need to block it. So she was prone in this situation to tip to the right. So I, first thing I did, come in there with my right leg, and I'm, I'm blocking the shoulder because the shoulder's what usually goes. When they're scared, it's amazing how well they can turn on their haunches and they're scared of something, <laughs> you know, they freaking turn around and go. So basically, we're, we're going to block that front end from moving. Okay, we, we, we got the physical part done. Okay, she's not going to blow away. Now, let's just take just a moment. And it, You saw it didn't take a long time. How, how long was I there, Joe? Probably, in my mind, letting her just look at it for maybe three or four or five seconds. Wasn't long. No. I just no. let her check it out, and you wait, and, and it, it, the time doesn't matter. I could have, it, it might have taken a minute. I don't know. It might have taken three minutes. It might have taken one second, but whatever it is, it doesn't matter. I, I've waited for her to let down, and you can feel their body let down in those moments. And um, anyways, that's what I did. Those of you listening, um, we're out here in the woods, so it's a little windy, and there's birds chirping and cups blowing over, so this is real life. So anyways, excuse the sound, but... Let me go back to a comment you just made uh, of uh, deciding which way they're going to turn. And for a moment, I was getting the impression that, that this might be a tendency that the animal had, like being right-handed or left-handed. Well, they always wheel this way or they always wheel that way. So are we to interpret 
that that way or in a given situation would they wheel away from a cliff face or could, anyway could you expand on that a little bit well, or is it just a feeling as they begin to do it well you, you will feel them and when you as you begin to be more aware of them and you can feel the feet better which is something we teach in the clinic and John and Robert have counted feet with me, and you guys, I know you love it. <laughs> Don't lie. Left, yeah. left. <laughs> Reminds Robert of the Marine Corps. Yeah. Right? But, uh, okay, so, so you, you get familiar and with feeling them move. And a lot of people, in the beginning, when they're feeling an animal's feet, it's, it's, it is mundane, and it takes practice, and they're like, oh, my gosh, they have to work at feeling those feet. But once it becomes just part of your riding, I can just feel the feet. I don't know how to explain it other than I've just been mentally and physically aware of that all the time when they walk. So as we come upon something and I feel a shudder or a stutter or uh, a leaning one way or the other, you can you can predict what may be coming next. And, uh, you know, but, but yes, Joe, some, some animals are prone to spook one way or the other. It might be something spooky up there on the left that they're scared of, but they still might will to the left. Because it's it's been a, a door open that's been unchecked continually, meaning there's always an available available escape that direction, and they do remember it. So if you so for me, as I'm riding, if I feel feel mule tip one way or the other, at something spooky, you'll notice if you ride behind me. As most of you have ridden behind me this week. You'll notice me working on something in a very easy fashion i'm no, not pounding on them i'm not beating on them i'm not like busting and working hard but you'll see me continually do something all the the, the whole ride so dally spooked yesterday uh, to, to was it yesterday i don't know what day it was right. to, to the right okay well guess what i've done the last you know all today on riding you know every opportunity we're coming up on this little pebble in the trail maybe just a little rock size of your fist okay well, I'm consciously going to say, hey, can you just go to the left of that? And I use my right leg to, to maneuver the mule to the left of that. And that gets that right side just a little sharper, just a little sharpening. Think of it sharpening a knife. One little stroke on that stone, just a little sharper. And you, you do that so that you, you don't build a weak side so they don't become one-sided like you, you suggest, Joe. Or they may, they may be. Uh, because if you just leave it unchecked, they very well could be. So, yeah, a lot of them, I mean, it's obvious. I mean, if you come up on something and it's a startle, you, you jump a grouse on the right side of you immediately in front of you, which we almost did today. Right. Mm -hmm. almost jumped, that grouse was pretty quiet. It just wandered off there. But, I mean, it could have startled. And, um, you know, if it's right there on or right, right in front of me, yeah, likely the mule's going to take the open door there to the left. That's common. That's common sense for them go away from the pressure toward the release that's how they're programmed and pistol primarily <clears throat> um if he spooks like that and stuff his primary direction is to the left yeah so i'd be working all the time just little you know as you go down the trail i'll be working all right just a little turn to the right a little leg yield to the right just little movements constantly sharpening up that left leg of yours mm -hmm. so it has more meaning you know, because I can, uh, looking back, you know, okay, well, Robert, I could say, okay, Robert's Rock. You're so happy about this rock. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. You finally got something named after you. Uh, okay, which way did your mules spook? You know, which way did they wheel? I know it. Was, I saw it. You was in front of me. Um, See, I don't know. It happened so quick. Yeah. It was at the end of the day. I'm thinking about having dinner, having lemon lemon cake. Yep. You know, for oh, after dinner. Celeste has made us great cake yes. every day here. And um, and lemonade and ginger ale. Yep. I was thinking about everything other than a giant mule-eating rock. And when it happened, it was in the blink of an eye, and all of a sudden, I'm face-to-face -face with Joe. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, like, you know, yep. and, and fortunately, because John and I have been practicing, because we did not want to... <laughs> Disappoint Ty after going to clinic <laughs> for five years. You poor suckers are so paranoid. <laughs> paranoid. <laughs> so, so you know, and, and you know, I had one hand on the reins. You know, had I had two, it would have come out much quicker. But because of those clinics and tip that that nose back, and you know, I don't think that we 
you know, it, it came back much quicker. I think I could have stayed at Robert's Rock with him a little bit longer, perhaps. But I was really looking for that cake. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that moment, so we, we talked about directions that they might spook. Okay, that rock was on your left, and he he peeled off to the left. Oh, he did. Okay. Yeah. So so, uh, you know, if I'm riding him, <clears throat> that's something I noticed. So when I'm working these mules and, and we see something scary, I don't necessarily say what were they scared of. Now I do wonder. I mean, because. We're in Grizz country, right? Right. There's she Grizz everywhere. That's right. And uh, okay, well, yeah, maybe here I'm I am sleeping a little... outside tonight. Yeah. Right. <laughs> maybe we would be a little bit more par- paranoid here. Okay, maybe I would check to see what's what they are scared of. But I'm saying, generally speaking, that the the stimulus isn't at the top of my list to pay attention to. It's oh, dude, you peeled off to the left pretty dang hard. You blew right through my leg. I need to spend some time now getting you tuned up and getting off of my leg. Does it make sense? It, it, it does. So the rest of the ride, I would just tune on that. It doesn't need to be a big working episode. I'd just tune on that the rest of the ride, though. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. You mentioned something earlier, you know, about leaving, you know, on this trip. And, you know, eventually one of them's going to spook at something and stuff. Well, this morning when we were in the lead and stuff, you know, <laughs> I... I was a quitter, whatever, but I felt that Pistol and myself had reached our threshold mm-hmm. for that. You know, yep. it was coming and stuff, so let's just kind of end this on a good note. That's a good call, John, because a lot of people stay out there too long. I think it's great to rotate, and we, we all have here. All of us in the group have all led and followed. We've mm-hmm. all been in the middle. We've all been in the back, whatever, so it's been fun to play leapfrog here. Uh, but you should rotate because you don't want to, if, if you hang out there and some people are like, well, I'm going to make this son of a gun lead this, you know, scared to cat meal. We're going to get out there, you know, okay. You push them to that threshold and then everything is spooky. Everything is jumping. They're so on edge. There's really no learning involved. So you, you push them until they're, you know, as long as they're engaged and they have forward curiosity and we can still move forward without you kicking the ribs in. Right. We'll we'll go, but as soon as it becomes a, just a driving game, you know y- your time would be better spent toward the back or the middle of the group, with distance between you and the rider in front of you. You'd get just as much good quality training, following with at distance, so that your meal still gets some experience. For like yesterday, Joe or whatever day it was, you know you were be I was in the lead. You were behind me a little ways on Gretchen. And Gretchen was spooked at that, whatever it was, right? Mm-hmm. Even though she's following. Well, that's because we had distance. So it's like you're getting a small dose of, of leading without the full commitment. And that's a great way to train uh, inexperienced or young animals or even yeah. 20-year-old animals that need the experience, whatever, you know. Well, yesterday we were talking about, you know, dogs. And I was telling you about, you know, how Pistol followed that dog. Uh, and was quite comfortable being out front. Well, today, when we turned around to go back to the meadow to have lunch and stuff, well, that put me in in the lead again. Uh-huh. But Hunter was in front of us. Now, was Hunter riding or was he walking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What were you we doing, did. Hunter? I was hoping we didn't bring this up. <laughs> <laughs> but um, these guys don't know what we're talking about, but Hunter had to walk. Because his meal got sore. Yeah. So we made the intern walk. But with Hunter out in front, I mean, he stepped right out trying to keep up with that long-legged son. It's like, yeah, it's like a big dog. Yeah, I know. But but he did. Yeah. I mean, he was just focused down the trail. Dogs or people like Hunter do help the meal. Yeah. You know, they, because, you, you yeah, they're, they're, they're the ones like, oh, well, he'll, he'll get eaten first. We're okay, guys. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> So, so here's the mother hen speaking again. I don't know if you realize that we specifically talked to Hunter about leading out, going back, because we were we were going over in some areas a pretty significant drop off on a side hill, mm-hmm. an area that is a little more dangerous to right. have a bad experience on. And having passed that grouse, I was a little bit worried about something oh, okay. happening so we we asked hunter 
walk out ahead of us instead of at the back, yeah. going back through that area the, to minimize his risk. And those people saw that bear. Yeah, don't let Joe fool you. It was so that if, if, if a bear was in front of us, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You're bigger than the bears. I'll be fine. <laughs> Sacrifice the young. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, you know, we've spent a few days here. Sorry, Joe, you got to comment? I was just going to say uh, another point that John talked about was he felt the acceleration of tension of his mule as time went on. And I hadn't really thought about that, but I, I've noticed that that too, that they don't, it doesn't seem like it, it builds up and then totally releases and then they sense something else and it builds up again. I think it, 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 once they start going down that path of nervousness, until it really gets diffused, it does tend to, they get jumpier, mm-hmm. and it accelerates a little bit, and then it's probably time for you to trade off. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's why I, I talked about it being important to, you know, when your mule is scared of something, give them that moment just to defuse. And, you know, uh, I, I ask this at my clinics a lot. I ask, okay, how many of you guys have ever been mad at your mule for... Um, for spooking, like it's pissed you off, and almost everybody raises their hand. <laughs> yeah, I've been mad. It made me mad that the mule spooked, and uh, and that's that's normal. It's you know I don't have to necessarily feel bad for doing that because it is it happens to all of us. But instead of taking it personal and be being offended that your mule spooked, see it from their perspective. Okay, well they're yes, we understand and comprehend that it's a stump. Or a rock. Or a rock. Or, or a giant white bear. <laughs> uh, AKA a healer dog. Uh, we can we can comprehend and see that, you know, and that gets into some of the cool brain stuff. I mean, we got that frontal lobe. We have the reasoning skills. These horses, mules, they, they can't reason. They don't have that part of their brain that allows reasoning. Okay, it's just a stump. They don't know that. So you see it from their perspective, truly. Try to see it from their eyes. And it changes the way you feel about it. Okay, yeah, they're 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 scared, you know. And mules, mules and horses, donkeys—they have a false positive bias, which basically translates to mean everything is dangerous until confirmed otherwise. And so until they have the experience or whatever, it, it could be dangerous. So an odd shadow. You guys yesterday you talked about some tree that had the sunshine mm-hmm. on just right. They, you know, bothered at. You know, well they we passed that tree on the way in, right? Come back out. Uh, the sunshine on it different. Right. It's a whole different ball game for them. Well, we can reason. We say, dude, we passed that stupid tree, you know, just a few hours ago. What's the deal? It doesn't matter. It could be dangerous. So, that's that is a hard part with dealing with uh, these animals that, that that can get it can get irritating for people and frustrating, um, because we forget that they don't have that ability to reason and. And understand what the deal is. Right. No. It was a it was a good good training week, and, and it was good to be able to reemphasize what we've learned in the clinics in the arena yeah. outside. Um, you know, going over the bridge, the, uh, the the suspension bridge. That was a good exercise, I think, for everybody. Oh yeah. I, I know. You know, even though Ruger has been over that bridge a bunch, we we had some challenges, and we got through it. But we had some challenges. Dally wasn't wasn't terribly thrilled with it, but you know, every 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 ride is a training ride, I guess. Yeah, like D- Dally didn't necessarily have any problems uh, getting on the bridge. That wasn't really a big deal, but it was the you know the the bridge when all all five of us are out on it, it's bouncing. The bridge is bouncing up and down. Right. You know, it's definitely not totally solid. To, you know, where so so they feel that, and it's a it's a weird feeling. Mm-hmm. That hollow sound. The sound, and then the river under right. them, and and then uh, you know, but yeah, well, Delhi handled it good. I was telling Robert earlier. <clears throat> Pistol's been pretty nervous about going across the bridge. I mean, he wants to scoot right on across. Yep. Um, and everything, but I never felt like he was going to run away or, or anything. 
but I was telling Robert this morning when we went across was the most relaxed I had seen him. Yeah. He just, until he saw those hikers on the other side of the bridge. Oh, yeah. And then that, he was like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay, buddy, but you're running into them. <laughs> yeah. You know, one of my favorite things this week, though, Robert, has been how you deal with hikers, mentioning hikers here, John, mm-hmm. how you deal with hikers. It's, it's what I teach everybody. It's excellent. Your, your skills are perfect with hikers. And, you know, so many people, so many equestrians, trail riders, are so rude to hikers. And it's one of my pet peeves. There's no need to be. Yeah, it's one of my pet peeves. And, and they'll, they'll yell at the hikers, whoa, whoa, get, hold on right there, get off the trail, whoa, whoa, whoa. And they make this big old ruckus about it. And how you've handled it is exactly how I do it. And, and I love it. Pull up and talk to him for a minute. And, and now you do talk a long time. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. But, but no, it's, <laughs> no, he's it's, not. It's, it's, it's great. It, it, it's great because what it does, honestly, is is a few things. Number one, and the most important, is giving your mule what I'm talking about that chance to evaluate this situation, self-regulate, and come down and calm down. And what happens is they start seeing these hikers as Oh hey, there's a human. Robert's gonna have me stop, and I get rest. <laughs> right. So I like that. Yeah. I can't wait. Bring on the hikers. <laughs> Come on. Who's next? And and it's so good. The other thing it does is you interacting with the public like that and hikers is it is great ambassador skills so that we can keep these trails open to equestrian use. It's, and that's it's the big reason why so I do huge. it. Because yeah. you know when people pull up and if 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 hikers get negative experiences with equestrian users um we will lose access we will and um so yeah so what you, you how you handle it multiple ways is excellent uh, yeah you are long-winded yeah. well <laughs> this afternoon on the way back when we passed those four ladies yep. they all had two walking staffs apiece mm-hmm. you know and and uh pistol he was he was watching those staffs you know, but the longer we, you know, sat there to converse with him and stuff, just like he said, you know, it gave him a chance to just come down mm-hmm. and stuff. He wasn't, he wasn't scared, but he was like, okay, yeah. what are you going to do and stuff? But he came down from that. And yeah. to think, I just wanted to learn about the good fishing spots. Right. <laughs> hey, well, yeah, that's, that's something else you got. You got some good fishing holes out of it. You know, so and that's the other you know, benefit about stopping and talking to these people and stuff. <clears throat> you know, if, if you haven't been over that piece of trail and stuff, if you're concerned about something, well, there's your source of inf- information right there. Yeah. You just came across it. What's up ahead? You know, oh, yeah. hey, more hikers it, or, yep. you know, a, a pack string, what? Deadfall. Yep, deadfall, yep. Trail washed out, you know, all kinds of things, yeah. And they, uh, yeah, fill you in, so... Talk to people when you're out on the trail. Talk to people. Be a good ambassador. Take care of your mule that way. But there's so many people that that will email me questions about problems passing backpackers and hikers. And how how we did it this week, zero drama. And I was on a cult, you know, uh, we're all on different animals. And, I mean, no no drama. It's just excellent. Just excellent and nice visiting. Yeah. With with, with you know, like-minded outdoorsmen yep. who are just enjoying the, the, the trails just like we are. We're all big one, one outdoors family. Yeah. So, <clears throat> intern. Yes. Hunter. Uh, so, you told me, uh, and you told these men, um, that before you come out and start your internship with me, you never really trail road much. No, not at all. You, you're, you know, so Hunter comes from South Dakota uh, they ranch, they run cows, sheep, um, they have other things going on there, but, uh, you know, when they ride, it's because they got to go move the cows. Yeah. No, it, it, right? It, well, yeah, or, or we do some hunting stuff, but it, it's always to work. I mean, you go, you go ride, it's, it's, uh, gather cows or it's to check fence or it's, uh, yep. that stuff. So you never, no, no real riding for recreation. That was all kind of new to me. So coming here to Utah and coming up here to Bob Marshall, it's just, you know, you kind of enjoy it. You just. You know, it's, it's different. 
I was trying to tell Hunter because I don't know if he realizes it, but me and Joe definitely do. How much of a treat it is to be able to do this. Like, this is a big deal. And uh, Sky's jealous. She's like, why is the intern <laughs> get to go to Montana and I got to stay home with these kids, take them to swimming lessons, you know? And uh, so this is quite a treat, Hunter, to be able to do this. This is really cool, uh, you know, and uh, it's a great way to spend, you know, to recreate and vacation. So what do you think of the uh, Bob is, Marshall? This this has been the most fun vacation I've ever had. Um no, I, I love it. No, I've loved every aspect of it. The people are great, you know, great people and a great show ride. I mean, great riding. And I never caught a fish, but um, but I loved it. No, you <laughs> so caught you caught a tree. I caught I caught trees and rocks and, <laughs> and a whole bunch of other stuff, but not a fish. Yeah. But no, I I had, I had a blast. No, this week this week has been this has been real fun. Well, these men try to corrupt you. They try to get you to lie. Yeah. <laughs> and to say you caught more fish than you did. Oh, yeah. I caught seven of them. I forgot. Sorry, Good man. Robert. <laughs> but, uh, well, let's let's talk about our favorite part of the week. Let's uh, talk about a highlight of the week. Um, one of my highlights, uh, well, I have two, has been, uh, first of all, the, the laid-back time we've had here in visiting, solving world problems around the fire every morning. You know, I like not being rushed. Because most of majority of my days and my mornings are ram jam. We, we got to get to work, you know, up early, you know, working on stuff and and so. Uh, well, we got up early here too, but it's been pretty laid back. But yesterday, uh, I know you all had a hard time with the whole fishing, and I'm not lying. I did catch six fish yesterday. <laughs> so nobody saw. Nobody saw, but. My hands did smell fish, so anyways. Nobody's saying numbers, but there was six. Is that what you're saying? There are six fish caught. Caught six fish. So that was definitely a highlight. Robert, right where Robert told me to go, there were the fish waiting for me, just taunting me. They they actually asked, they said, where's Joe G? And I said, hey, I'm related to Joe. Uh, does that count? They said, oh, all right, well, well I guess. But, you know, they wanted Joe to catch him, but they, they settled for me. <coughs> so, anyways, that was my highlight. <coughs> what was your highlight, Joe? Um, you know, I, I would have to agree with that, that you never know quite what you're getting into on any any situation. I enjoyed driving through Montana and, <coughs> and uh, Idaho. That was really... You know, we kind of drove through in the daytime. We weren't in a huge hurry to get here and uh, just seeing the scenery. And then we came here and the hospitality uh, of, of Robert and John has, has just been amazing. We, we It came. wasn't so much hospitality, Joe, as we didn't, it would have been terrible for you to come to Montana, come to the Bob and eat nothing but mountain house meals. Well, that, we that just was, felt bad for you. That was our plan. I, was, I, I love mountain house. <laughs> that was our plan was freeze-dried food, and and we probably only did what one dinner of that. Yeah. And, and and Robert and John jumped right in and and fed us great. But but even more than that was just the uh, camaraderie and around the fire. We didn't have to be any place at any particular time and. Very stimulating conversation in my opinion. Enjoyed it thoroughly. Gentlemen, thank you for, thank you. for a comment. For we, we've got to say if, if anybody from Mountain House is listening, I love Mountain House. If, if you want to sponsor this podcast, <laughs> we'll gladly accept. We, we fought over the biscuits and gravy this morning. Joe yes, split yes. the biscuits. And I love the Mountain House biscuits and gravy, and Joe was so kind to split it with me. He saw my puppy dog eyes as he was opening up the the bag and you yep, know I, I did I shared I offered up my boiling water anyways but no Joe you're right uh, around the fire has been fun you guys have uh, taught Robert all about proper uh, cowboy fashion and <laughs> and we talked about you know the, the great debate buckles in or out on the spur straps yep. I don't think we've solved it but uh, you know it's out there Joe doesn't even have buckles, so 
That's right. We're going buckleless. Yoga's buckleless. Summer in, summer out. So, but that that was fun talking about that, and uh, we've had good conversations about uh, bits and and all kinds of stuff. So, Hunter, Hunter, what about you? Well, first off, Hunter, how many times have you been fired? Uh, like overall or on this trip? On this trip. Um, like I don't know, at least three times a day. Three times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Robert has fired you more than. Robert's yeah, Robert, fired more than anybody here. Yeah, Robert Ruger is firing him right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've I've been fired quite a bit. Um, very. Uh, one night I snored, uh, I got fired, and the next night I talked in my sleep and I got fired. Yeah, well, the talking in your sleep startled me and Joe <laughs> quite a bit. Was it the talking or the crying and whimpering? <laughs> well, the crying and whimpering. We weren't going to talk about that one on the, on the show. I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, he wakes up. Like talking as he is right now, just crystal clear, normal. No, 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 no. I, I just work here. I'm not, I'm not from Utah. And <laughs> middle of the night, <laughs> Joe thought he was on the cell phone. He was gonna get all mad at him. And then I thought somebody else was in the tent that he was talking to. It was, it was that distinct. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember it, so don't count. <laughs> What's your got, highlight, Hunter? Um, well, I have lots of highlights. Um, a lot of firsts for me. Uh, I really enjoyed the company. No, just uh, getting to hang out with everybody and and uh, great people. Great people. That's probably my favorite part. But um, but I also got to. I, Joe let me borrow his fly fishing rod, so I got to do that for a little bit, and that was that was pretty fun. And I got to kind of learn how to fish. I never really done any fishing before, so this was cool. Um, it was pretty country. I liked riding through it, and I, I really liked the mule that I was riding. Well, Ruger. I like Ruger, yeah, but I like I like the mule I was riding. Well, before I got her sore, and I had to walk. Um, so yeah, I was my my favorite part. I loved it all though. Not good. Well, it was good having you here. Our our trade was me and Joe paid for the fuel, and Hunter fetched water every day. Yeah. <laughs> so expensive water, huh, Joe? <laughs> he did well with the water. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I, best water boy ever. Yes, yeah. he did. He did really well. He had to slip that water quite quite a ways, and, yeah. and it takes a few pumps of the well to to fill those jugs. Well, his arms are bigger than my head, so <laughs> <laughs> he does. He's all right. How about you, brother Robert? What's your uh, highlight of the week? This is all because of you inviting us, and uh, we sure are grateful for you. Well, it was entirely you know self 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 interest motivated. I, I wanted to have. You know, tie tie all to myself. I'd have had to share here with John on the way back. I had you on the way out, and John got you on the way back. But no, it was it was beyond wonderful to be able to to share a special place to me. You know, with with, with you, and I got to meet Joe and the intern. You know, yeah. Um, to be able to share, you know, truly a, a a spectacular area. Yeah. And that you know we got to solve the world's problems around the campfire. Um, was, was great. A uh, huge thing for me was, you know, you really helped me work through a couple of issues with, with Ruger, you know, um, you know, with the spurs and stuff. And I also learned some cowboy etiquette. You know, I, I, I got in front of the, 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 the jigger boss. There you go. To, to, today. When we were heading back. No, no, this is your, this is your ride, Robert. You're you right. are the jigger boss. Yeah, yeah, I'm the jigger <laughs> boss. But, but I was loping through a meadow in the wilderness intentionally. Yep. And I felt really, really bad afterwards that that that, that pistol wanted to come along. John, you should have parted that beard and ran with it. My favorite part about when John runs is when the bard, the the, the beard parts. <laughs> <laughs> It was. It's. It's been a uh, a phenomenal week. Good yeah. food. Good company. Good mules. And 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 great uh, great scenery. Oh yeah, the cake. Celeste yes. cake. Yeah, I, I, I forgot. That's probably my favorite part. Yeah, that's good stuff. John, share your highlights, sir. Well, I think everybody's touched on most of it. You know, the camaraderie there and solving the world. Uh, problems and uh, you know it was great to be with you Ty and stuff but um, 
being able to talk to Joe, what a walking wealth of knowledge, you know, he is. And he's stuff. he's smart for an old guy. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> easy to talk to and get along with and, and stuff. Nice mule. Nice mule to follow. Nice mule to have behind you. Yeah. And stuff. And uh, <clears throat> really enjoyed, you know, having hunter here because i really didn't know what to expect I had no idea how old he was <clears throat> and i was thinking somebody 25 yeah, you're, you're surprised he's just 10 year old you know yeah and, uh, <laughs> big 10 year old but um it was refreshing for me to see his maturity level and you know being able to carry on the conversation with with us and uh <clears throat> And just his enthusiasm and interest in in what we're doing out here and stuff. So that was good to see that you know we're not totally losing the younger generation to out of the equine world. Yeah. And, uh, so Hunter Hunter came here, and uh, we're going to do a podcast with Hunter um, next week. So won't. will we last that long? Well, I don't know. We'll probably fire him a few more times, but he doesn't go away when I fire him. So, but. Uh, but he's out here to get experience, and, and uh, I've had a couple interns this summer, you know, and it gives him a chance to see this lifestyle and what we do and how we do it. And, and uh, yeah, we want to be able to share this and because they're the generation that's going to take this, uh, these mountains here, these trails, and it'll be them maintaining these and keeping them open, and right. and they'll be the ones stringing out those mules and slinging the loads, um, the next generation, so... It's very important, but one thing we've got to teach these young folks, John, is all these unwritten rules. Hunter's having a hard time because he keeps asking me, "Where's the book that that's written in?" And we're trying to teach him unwritten rules. So, uh, what, Hunter? What, what are some of the unwritten rules you've learned? Talk loud because you're way on the end. Okay, okay. Um, uh, I've been fired a couple times because of these unwritten rules. Um, the first one I learned was the intern always gets on his animal before the boss does. I got fired like day two. Um, <laughs> then um, you, you basically the boss shouldn't be waiting on you, right? Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, I got ahead of the boss one time when we were riding. We were riding out, and uh, and I got in front of him. Fired. Gathering cows. Gathering cows. Gathering cows. Yeah. You never, when you're trotting out to gather cows, you don't get in front of the boss. Yeah, yeah. It was only for a second, and then I got back, but I still got fired. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, there's been a few more. Uh, another unwritten rule, if you're riding in somebody else's trailer, you don't tie your mule next to the tack room. I knew that one, so I wasn't. Yeah, that, that one is probably my pet, pet peeve of all is when you, you drive with somebody. And they all unload. And it's the worst at, like, my semi-private clinics yeah. when I have all the guests come because they don't know. Yeah. Uh, but tying next to the tack room of the trailer or closest to the where you got your rig yeah. or saddles, then you don't do not do that. Yeah. That, that's no-go. That, that one was, uh, then Joe told me, when Joe told me, if you start the fire, you, you keep it. Nobody else is supposed to mess with it. <laughs> that's and, Joe. And every that's time, Joe's every time Joe. Every time Joe starts the fire, Ty throws a log on it and looks at me and he says unspoken rules. <laughs> yep. Um, there's, there's a few I can't remember. Um, you men have some un, un, unwritten rules that should always be, uh, you know, out here. We're in the Bob Marshall. Well, close to it. We're a few yards from it, Robert. Sorry. But out here in this country, you know, Packer, head Packer always leads out. Don't get in front of the head packer if, if uh, you know, a lot of these outfitters, they would know that, you know, or the people working for that outfitter. Never get in front of that lead packer. What are some, what are some, there's lots of cowboy ones, you know, and the branding pen, you know, uh, you, you don't rope until you're invited to rope, you know, when you show up there, whoever's in charge, the rancher, the the foreman, the, the jigger boss there, whatever, they would give you permission to rope. Otherwise, it's assumed you're on the ground. You guys got any unwritten there's rules? A, there's a couple of things that are just sort of practical things that people may not think about. It'd be courtesy things. We, we come to a stream, and, and the mules want a drink. And 
there's usually not room for them all, to all get in at the same time, so uh, the ones behind wait for the first ones to finish, and as the first ones finish, they don't take off down the trail. You move out of the stream, but then you wait till the others have had That's their very good Yeah. Because if they all leave, then the ones in the back might be too herd bound to even relax to take a drink. that drink that's mm-hmm. going to be important because they might not get another drink for a few miles and see yeah and, and that wait. rule also extends to if somebody's off of their mule for the same yeah. reason you you don't I, take off down the trail thinking well they're they're on they're trying to get on and and the fact that you move down the if you do move down the trail is going to make their mule jumpy and anxious and hard for them to get on so so you stay as a group. Yeah, no. You operate as a group. That's one of the unspoken rules when you're ranching and stuff. If somebody opens a gate and you all ride through it, you wait for that guy to close the gate and get back on their mule or their horse or something before you head out moving cows or doing whatever. You know, you don't just Same just thing, take yeah. off leaving them with the cows or you take off leaving them going looking for the cows. You just you you sit there for a second, let everybody get on their animals, and then you head out. Another rule that we kind of ran into a, a few times. On the trails this week was, you know, when you come across a, a party on the on the same trail going opposite, you know, who who has who has right of way, you know, larger group, you know, uh, ha- takes precedence, pack strings take precedence. Yep. You know. Yeah, you get out of the way for for bigger groups or pack strings. Yep. Yep. You know, uh, uh, this is a this is one that that you only really you know get a chance to abide by this one if if you're working colts but if like me i'm on the greenest mule here the the most inexperienced mule here youngest mule here so what you guys see me doing every morning long before we met up with these guys groundwork i did my groundwork on my colt getting my colt ready long before it's time i didn't wait you, you know you said well, okay we're going to ride out at, at nine or whatever okay well i didn't start my work at nine and have you guys waiting on me i was there at eight thirty getting my, my colt ready and warmed up so that I could be on time. That way none of you were waiting on me and my colt was ready. Uh, so many people, okay, we're all going to meet at 9, and you pull up there with your colt, and now you're working it, and, and then those same people get mad, like, I, I can't get anybody that wants to ride with me and work, you know, when I'm working colts. Well, you're not being courteous. So that's my courtesy to you guys is I'm going to work Dally and get her get my groundwork done, get get things, get the fresh taken off uh, before it's time to go. Just basic courtesy goes so far. Yeah. Um, with all these unwritten rules, the beginning of all of them is just basic courtesy to your fellow man. Be nice. Yeah. Don't Think put of your, others. Don't put your horses in somebody else's corral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how'd you like that, John? I was not happy. Yeah, get back and you got other critters yeah. in there, but... Yeah, I wanted but, to let him loose, but John is a nice guy. And, and, no. and now, see, Robert's not being courteous. See, now Robert's going <laughs> the other way here. Talking about courtesy, I'll let him out. <laughs> the, good, the good thing was they did leave a note where they were camped at and uh, stuff. But yeah, <clears throat> but just follow up on you know what we did here and the highlights of it and stuff just a phenomenal training opportunity and uh, you know I know Pistol and myself we're going to leave much better off yeah you know one of the best things of how we did this from a a training outlook is we, we rode in every day you know, hour and a half, couple hours, we rode in. We didn't go far because this has been mostly a fishing trip. So we rode in, got to the river, and then our mules stood tied for two, three, four hours while we fished and had lunch and whatever, and then we rode back out. And that 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 time like that is so good. It's almost like a double training session. Like if you were home working colts, I used to do that a lot, working colts. I'd, I'd maybe put a little ride on them. And then put them on the high line, time up, come back, put another little right on them, put them away. And it's a great way to build some success. So you guys have all followed me with Dally. Uh, Joe, more than anybody, has seen me work Dally over the, this past year. And, um, you know, this is the most consistent um, 
consistently good rides I've had with, with no drama, no little bronc rides, no little, you know, bumps and humps. Yeah. Um, and, and the way we did it really helped. So we rode three days, but really we put six rides on. If you're counting it as a trainer would count it, we put yeah. six rides on these animals. Right. But, you know, now that you brought that up, that was so impressive. You know, five mules tied within five, six feet of each other. And quiet. Quiet. Stood there, no pawn, no drama, nothing. Yep. You know? Really, really impressive. Well, do you guys, any other... Uh, <clears throat> Any other highlights or comments before we close out or any other uh, unwritten rules that we need to make sure Hunter knows? <laughs> no, I, I think we covered a lot. Is he going to be able to retain them? I don't know. At least he has the podcast now. He can go back, <laughs> and, go uh, back, and, listen. He can go back and listen again. Oh, no, this has been a phenomenal time. Yeah. I, I, I think we've all had a, had a, had a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I've... I feel much more confident. I mean, I've been coming in here for the past almost 10 years. Yeah. Um, and apart from a, a couple of helicopter rides, it, it's gone okay. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> this this past three days and six rides, I feel much more prepared um, and much better uh, than, than when I came here. So I'm, I'm quite thankful for that. Um, looking forward to coming back in three weeks and doing 18 days inside on a pack trip. There you go. Yeah. I want to close this out. You guys have all listened to my podcast, but you, whenever I have guests on, I like to end with a word of advice. Just I- any advice. It could be meal advice, training advice, life advice. But what, what advice would you guys give you know, to our listeners? So let's start with John since we ended with you on the last round here. Okay. What's some advice you would give to these people listening today? Well, first of all, your clinics are invaluable. So, get a chance, go to your clinic, one Thanks. of your clinics Thanks, and stuff, and get started, you know, in the process. And then, uh, the other thing is, is take advantage of what we have out here, the resources and stuff in the, in the woods, and get out there and and put all that that training to work and uh, every time you go and you come back home you and your mule are much better absolutely so i thought i swear he's going to give some survival advice like never live home without your flint still and your pistol drink Water. <laughs> Stop getting dehydrated. Drink making water. Making stupid decisions. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's good. Okay. All right, Robert. Advice. Oh, well, I'll see. Trying to follow that up is rough. Drink water. Drink water. Uh, well, before John started, you know, going on, I was thinking. Well, I, I'd say something about you know, it's never just a trail ride, you know, and and and, and this is a big wilderness. Uh, 1.5 million acres wow. twice the size of Rhode Island this is a big place you know the hikers that we passed by saw mm-hmm. a grizzly bear not 600 meters from where we are right now today I'm not lying about that one <laughs> um, you know so when we go to these places it pays to be prepared it's not that quote unquote just a day ride and I wanted to say something about that but John just beat that all to heck so instead I would like to part with Lemonade and ginger ale makes for a lovely, refreshing afternoon drink. It does. Yeah. yeah Robert introduced yeah. me to lemonade and ginger ale. That's pretty dang good. Which helps prevent even more DIY. <laughs> <laughs> and it tastes great. Here you go, John. All right, Hunter. Um. All right, piece of advice is uh, take every opportunity you can to meet new people. Um, like this internship was a great opportunity because of it. I've done so many cool things and been so many different places and I've met so many great people like Robert and John and Joe and, mm-hmm. and Ty. And, and so, yeah, take every every opportunity you can. 
Absolutely. And, and don't quite listen to everything that Robert says. <laughs> Especially how many fish he catches. So, so can or can't bears cross water? <laughs> <laughs> Poor Hunter. <laughs> he, he comes back to the tent every day and says, Ty, is this true? <laughs> no, Hunter. All right, Joe, what's your advice? Uh, my advice is... Make a relationship with your mules. Don't don't take them for granted. Um, we, me, tend to be a little dismissive of them. Perhaps they they have limited capabilities. But but if you even if you if you don't put any effort into the relationship with them, that is a certain type of relationship. And if you go out of your way to make it more than that, trying to and be empathetic with them to uh, let them know that you like them, you care for them, you're, you have their safety in mind is will only enhance your own life. Uh, they have a, they can do a lot for us as we can do for them. That's good, Joe. Absolutely. My advice is if you're gonna stay in the same tent as Hunter. Bring airplanes. <laughs> I slept so good the second and third night. <laughs> so, after, after the snoring. Yep. Now you guys, hey, I appreciate you guys willing to do this. Uh, your willingness to do this. I guess he wasn't willing. I just did it. I just pressed record and here we are. <laughs> so, but thank you guys for inviting us to come up here to the Bob Marshall Wilderness. We can officially call it the Bob. Bravo. I can say the Bob now that I've been yep. in it. And uh, what a pleasure. What a fun week. Uh, just beautiful, beautiful country. Fun mules, fun people. So, And uh, all you guys listening out there, thanks for tuning in today. Um, we would love to hear your feedback uh, uh, on this. If you're listening um, on Apple, Apple iTunes or whatever, uh, you can leave a review there. If you're listening on other platforms, you can always send me an email Ty at tsmules.com. Is that how Mountain House can get a hold of you? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Mountain House, if you're listening, I, I will represent you well. Free biscuits and gravy. Seven <laughs> uh, years worth supply. Yep. But hey, thanks for listening. God bless you, and we will see you down the road. Thanks, guys. <laughs>